Chance, Wait. you're supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> seconds of nothing. Start again. But then I realized that that means I do the intro before you start it. I was pointing at you. And I'm like, Jake, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be you. I was pointing you on the FaceTime that our audience can't see. I was confused by nothing. Take two. Unique New York. Unique New York. Unique New York. Unique. Unique New York. Big face. Toy boat. Little face. Toy boat. Toy boat. Big face. Little face. All right, I'm ready. It's Bowie versus Tillian. Is this you when I'm glowy? Am I killing? I hope it's not a blowy or a villain. Oh, it's time, time for Bowie versus Tillian. Welcome once again to Bowie versus Dylan. I'm Charlie and I like Bowie. I'm Jake and I love Bob Dylan. Hey, today we're taking you to what some people might call the greatest year of the 20th century. Now, why would they say that is my question. Jake, let me you. tell you a little tale. No. It's a tale <laughs> oh, no. of a poor, sad, and lonely boy. Yeah. He was nearly two. Uh-huh. Uh, and all he wanted in the entire world was... Just somebody a brother, to love. A brother that didn't somebody smell. Somebody to show him the way. Mm-hmm. That person, Jake, was mm-hmm. you, Jake. Uh, what? And <laughs> that person suddenly found himself with the greatest brother in the entire world. Yeah. Late in 1982. A gift. In the form uh, of me. A late November That's gift. right, everybody. 1982 is the greatest year in the 20th century because I was born in it. Now... I, I get where you're coming from with this, but I'm I'm just wondering if the greatest year of the 20th nope, century Jake, should be done. okay. Yep. Can't right. hear you. you missed I'm just wondering, you know, like know what's going on here? You don't remember anyway, being born, so 1982 right. was the greatest year of the 20th century. Yeah, Covered all of us can agree on that. Covered no one's it. arguing with it anywhere in the entire world. Well, you won't let anyone, but that's fine. Nobody. That's fine. Check. And uh, with that, Jake, why don't we find out what uh, Bob Dylan was doing in the greatest year in the 20th century? <laughs> You I mean, really was not the greatest year of his 20th century. <laughs> oh, boy, you're right there. You know, he may have he may have celebrated your birthday on November 19th, but I, I doubt it. I doubt he was uh-huh. doing much yeah. of anything. Chaz, 1982 is the third and final of what is referred to as Bob Dylan's lost years. It was his third lost year. It was after 1968, and it was after... Motorcycle 19- accident. And it was the... Uh, no, that was after he came back. No. Oh. He was back with John... And then he had a last year again? Yeah. Oh, in which he didn't do anything. He, he That's when he was on the farm raising his family. He had put out oh, John right. Wesley Harding, but he had not that? he had not become disillusioned with normal music, and he went down to uh, make country music. He had not done mm-hmm. that yet. Mm-hmm. It was in between those two things. It was a thing. And he had another lost year in 1972, which we have spoken about. I called mm-hmm. it Robert Robert's Respite in one of our... Uh, in one of our episodes previously, and this is his third and final lost year, and I want to give it a name, even though it's the last time, because I can't live my life without bad puns in it, Chaz. They just we haven't, we haven't bubble up. Yeah, yeah, though. Oh, that's right. We have another one to go. You're right. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to come in handy. I have, I have two choices for you, and I already know which one I want, but I want to know which one you want, and then maybe I won't listen to you afterwards. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, you never do. All right, so the first one is uh, is Bob's Weekend, kind of a play on Lost Weekend. 
Yeah, Bob's, pretty bad. Bob's to Weekend, maybe? The Bob's mm-hmm. to Weekend? That's getting better, but... Okay, um, and, uh... You and, better have saved the good one for a second. Oh. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I, a little something I like to call the sababical. Yeah, okay. Yeah? That, that is... It's a clear equivalent to the deification, and we need that in the show. I know. That's what I was trying to go for. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, that's the obvious choice. Okay, that's the obvious okay. choice. <laughs> All right, it's the clear choice, it's Bud Dry, and it's Sabobical. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the, the overarching theme of Bob Dylan's 1982 is he was extremely burned out from becoming an evangelical Christian mm-hmm. and touring nonstop for like four years and putting out three albums during the so-called Christian years. Um, and uh, I think basically, for the most part, he just hung out at his weird compound in Malibu, you know, kind yeah, of like as a, one does, as one does, you know, it's kind of like a man cave with security and walls around it mm-hmm, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he quietly transitioned back to the unevangelical life. So I have a little, uh, I have a little game here. I like to call yes, no, possibly that we're going to play about Bob Dylan in 1982. All right. Hit me. I'm going to give you a question. And you're going to say yes, no, or possibly. Did he in 1982 write songs? Yes. You're right, he did. In 1982, did he write good songs? No. No, you're right again. Not even close. <laughs> did he tour in 1982? Uh, I'm going to say no. You're correct, he did not. Did he put out an album? Possibly. Possibly I'm an gonna, album? I'm going to go with yes. Did he put out an album? No. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I'm going to no. Okay, no. No, I'm saying no. <laughs> Finally, that's a No. Did you use a lifeline on that one? It sounded yep, like you were unsure. Did. My All right, is you. <laughs> Jake and my dumb face I'll giving it away. Really heavy question. You're my lifeline. Oh you're man, I almost had you. I can't believe I almost got you on that. Okay, and then no, did he? I, I don't know. Did he put out an EP? Hmm. Yes, he did put out an EP. That was called Electric Lunch, and nobody knows why. It was a promotional EP. It was six tracks, but uh, why was it promoting what? Nothing, because he didn't do anything. I'm not really <laughs> was sure. E- was was Dylan an EP man? I mean, he was a, pro- a lot of EPs. He was a promotional EP man, but okay. he was not a, a release to the public EP man. Like, okay, you can go on Discogs or wherever you'd like, and you can find all of these little EPs. And I yeah. suppose somewhere down the road, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, probably buy all of those. Mop those up. Yeah, they're all on LP. I don't think he's done it in a while. Um, but I think it was live tracks from the last leg of his. Christian tour or something? I'm not really sure what where 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 do you send a promotional EP when you're not promoting anything? Is my question. I uh, Jazz. <laughs> the world looks to you for these answers. <laughs> uh, did he put out a single in 1982? Yes, he did not. You were incorrect. Oh, okay. I got all the. I got uh, like six in a row right here. Okay, Jake, that's hey, pretty good. You're here. doing all right. Uh, I looking a little snide on that one, you know. Like, sorry, I wanted I wanted to get you. I can't believe I almost got you on the album. My my yeah, incredulousness like totally gave it away. Uh, okay, and last one. Uh, did he board a yacht in 1982? Yes, possibly. It's possibly. Po- possibly. possibly. Probably. I should have called it, it yes, no. Possibly. Yes, no. Possibly. Probably. Uh, no. Almost definitely, he boarded Did a yacht. Did he fall off the yacht? <laughs> no. Not yet. No, Not no. Yet. That was later. That, that was, later. was 1986, I want to say. <laughs> Falling off so many yachts. Yeah, so many yachts. All right. 
So, some more specific things that he did uh, in 1982 is um, he came tantalizingly close, and this has happened a couple times in the 80s, to being like a new wave Dylan or like a post-punk Dylan. Oh, man. Uh, he was with his other son, one of his other sons, Jesse Dillon, otherwise known as not Jacob. That's NJ. Uh-huh. NJ Dillon, we call him. What's even the point? You know what? I like I like Jesse more than Jacob. I've decided. Jesse's what? better. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, You're I think... ripping on J. Dill? No, now that you called him J. Dill, I'm not going to rip on him. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> J. Dill is my fave. <laughs> Number one, uh, but anyway, he was he went to he went to a town near and dear to your heart and your geographic location, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hey, that's really cool. Uh, he went with Jesse, uh, and he was he, he was going to he was going to shows there, just kind of hanging out and checking out the music scene. He went to some Elvis Elvis Costello and the attractions. Was he going to Prince shows? It doesn't say Prince. I mean, if you're hanging out in Minneapolis in 1982, I gotta assume you're hanging out. Like to see Prince. I think maybe. I think maybe Prince might have been. On, he was Prince was big though by then. He was on tour. He was, was big, nice. and I think it was different music yeah. than what Dylan was. Yeah, was I mean, into I didn't picture Dylan like going to those shows, but I mean, I'm just saying. Right. I mean, two Minnesota legends together. Exactly. At last. Now he was seeing Elvis Costello and the Attractions. He was seeing the band yeah, called awesome. X. You've probably heard yeah. of them. I'd yeah. heard of them anyway. The Stray Cats and Squeeze. Great band name, yeah. Squeeze. Love that. Squeeze. <laughs> Squeeze. I don't know why. You know like that Who song, the Mom's Got a Squeeze Box? Yeah. That's about sex. It's just, oh, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Mama's Got a Squeeze Box. Daddy doesn't please that night. Yeah. Yeah. So, Daddy, really yeah, anyway, we're not going to go into that. Um, they pulled out Andy Wendell, the entire song length. Yep. It's just Squeeze, though. It's not Squeeze Box. Yeah, well, I was just thinking that they, maybe they should have been Squeeze Box. Maybe called Mama's Squeeze Box. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Squeeze. <laughs> For this, Squeeze from from thirty eight years ago. For that new for that new wave <laughs> band from thirty eight years ago. Great note. We'll be sure to pass it along to them. In the past, uh, Bob started thinking about a new album, uh, which became Infidels. But what I'm saying here is, it, it could have been something more interesting. But he decided mm-hmm. he wanted to go in a different direction, and he decided to try to become a pop star. Uh, yeah, but he could have been like new wave. He could have been post punk. He could have like gotten some people together and did something nice. But he didn't. But that's it uh, not, I mean, like he was perilously so, close. You'll find more of it. Bowie and Dylan like are having a very similar year mm-hmm. so far because this is the last year for Bowie, kind of. Also, well, somehow Bowie also, Bowie had already kind of done his post punk thing though. He did that in seventy nine. That's true. That's true. But Dylan Bowie, was, and we already knew that as Bowie launched his gigantic pop stardom in eighty three. Right. Of also, it's looking, interesting. They were like just making these decisions. Right. One succeeded and one didn't. We'll leave you up. We'll leave it up to the audience to decide which <laughs> well, succeeded and which did not. One did not succeed. One succeeded and then quickly stopped succeeding. So, <laughs> and then wildly that. didn't succeed after that. And then wildly didn't succeed <laughs> for many years after that. Oh, poor Bowie. Uh, another thing well, that happened. Nineteen eighty-three. Nineteen eighty-three was a success. A huge success. Um, another thing that happened to Bob was, for complicated and privacy-invading privacy reasons, people thought that he had reverted to Judaism uh, for having the gall to go to one of his son's bar mitzvahs in a yarmulke. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I think that he may have even visited Israel around that time, and there was, like, one picture of him in Israel, and everyone's like, <gasps> um, Of course, Infidels was considerably more secular, and uh, Bob had stepped back from the gospel years, so... You know, it kind of made sense, but I don't know why people think that they have to, you know, 
Uh, Don't put me in a box, Jake. Yeah, right. Don't do that. Israel one time. Don't do that. Uh, so in short, just, like talk to me, and I'll make cryptic com- comments that don't answer any of your questions, and we can all decide on that. Instead. Let me just not answer your questions. Can I? Can I just do that in peace, please? <laughs> you want to know what's going on? You ask me, and then I don't really tell you. At that's all. right. And why and do you need to know about my personal life so desperately? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. Also, don't talk to that woman over there who may or may not be my part of my son. <laughs> I do not have a child with that woman. <laughs> just for free. the record, <laughs> it's. And he gets more than one, but I'm not, I'm not saying how many. Uh, he appeared on a compilation of Allen Ginsberg's songs called First Blues, which was recorded yeah. in 1971. Uh, he was in a documentary called Runaway America, which I don't know anything about. I think he was just a talking head for a minute, or maybe he was featured. I have no idea. Um, something sort of of consequence is on June 6th at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, he appeared surprisingly, a surprise appearance with Joan Baez at the Peace Sunday Anti-Nuke Concert. Peace Sunday Anti-Nuke Concert, Correct. yeah. 85,000 people showed up to the Rose Bowl for this thing. It had yeah, a lot decades, of... The decades of white-hot sexual tension between Bob and Joan Baez are just like... It's just flowing. Getting to me. It just keeps happening. It's, it's just, just it's flowing. Nobody, nobody knows when they're just going <laughs> to show up and sing an inch from each other's faces. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, the 85,000 people there... Uh, uh-huh. Uh, didn't know that we he was going to be there, it, but didn't get it. No, so he uh, he strode he out. Get out on stage? No, yeah, no, yes, no. Yeah, you can kind of hear the. I watched the YouTube, and you can kind of see hear the audience like clapping for Jones' last song, and then all of a sudden it's like, it's it's. I wonder how many people were actually paying attention at that point. <laughs> Who knows? Um, it was at the concert. Everybody was stoned. They played. They played some obvious songs with "God on Our Side," "Blowing in the Wind," but they played a very strange cover of a Jimmy Buffett song together, <laughs> as one does <laughs> in 1982. In 1982, before he was Margaritaville or on his island or it wherever was he was. <laughs> it was not Margaritaville. It was some other song. I guess Jimmy Buffett is. He's a mystery to me. I've never appreciated anything I've heard out of Jimmy. I Buffett. met Jimmy Buffett one time. Shut up! You did not. I did. What? A friend of mine won a Jimmy Buffett lookalike contest. And you got to I'm go not with him. About this, you met so Jimmy true. Buffett? Yeah, very briefly. Whoa! How did I not know about this? Oh no! Because we hate it Jimmy Buffett. Weird. Got it. What's it? Because we hate weird. Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> I barely remember it. I don't really know. Like it was just a strange thing that just kind of happened. And I didn't really care who Jimmy Buffett was, and I don't know. Did you have a couple margaritas before you met him, and that's why you <laughs> no, don't remember? I didn't. That was probably the problem. <laughs> you needed more margaritas. I'm not sure I was even 21 yet. I can't remember. Oh, I don't remember. Well, I don't pe- remember. People don't drink before they're 21, but that's that's well, just something. That's, that's something I know. <laughs> that's something not I margaritas <laughs> with Jimmy Buffett. I don't know. <laughs> It was an over-21 meeting with Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's so weird, Chess. Okay. I think all meetings with Jimmy Buffett are over-21. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think so, too. At least spiritually. I, I heard that song on a, on a kid's movie recently. <laughs> it was really weird. It, it, like, soundtracked an entire set piece. Oh, what was it? Doesn't matter. Oh, Angry Birds 2. I have ki- you can tell I have kids. Just so everyone knows. Yeah, right. I saw it recently. Anyway, some say there's a woman to blame, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. 
It's just Margaritaville. No, we don't know. Okay, um, and then I have a little Joan Baez corner for you. Um, just uh, in nineteen. 19- come up with a better name than Joan Baez corner. No, I can't because it's the only one we've ever done. Um, well, it's just that in nineteen eighty two. This is kind of a side note to the year. Uh, Baez started dating. I did Frampton's front fracks just for just a one time thing. That's true. You did. Why are you making me look bad on this? I already came up with like so many names. <laughs> you come up with so many better names than me most of the time. Sabbatical. Like, Sabbatical rules. A intimidated by your name of building. Yeah. Ability. Well, thank you. But uh, so hold gotta, on. Like, Let's see if we can come push, up. Bring myself up by putting you down. <laughs> Man, it all comes out today. <laughs> this is like a therapy session. All right. Uh, 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 the uh, Baez Bayou. The Baez you. Not for 1982. Just go with Bias Bayou. Bias Bayou. Bayou. All right. Yeah, I'll take that one. <laughs> Today on the one and only edition of Bias Bayou. <laughs> <laughs> Joan Bias dated, started dating Steve Jobs, the erstwhile uh, quote-unquote genius who founded Apple Computers. Hey, whoa. Hey. Um, now, the weird thing about this is that Steve Jobs was an, it admitted and he eventually became a famous Dylan obsessive. He was obsessed oh, I don't think with I knew Bob that. Dylan. And he weirdly... But obviously admitted later that part of the appeal of Joan Baez was that she, was that she had once dated Bob Dylan, and he kind of wanted to That's f- find, find out That's about that. Weird, Steve Jobs. See, I told you, Baez Baez is getting a little. He's nice. a lot younger than her. Yeah, like twenty he was. years younger than her. Yeah, maybe twenty. Do you think twenty? I don't know. I'll up while you're talking instead of listening to you, like I, like I always do. Like I always do. Um, okay, so that's everything about Bob Dylan in 1982, uh, but I have something very mm-hmm. special for you, Chaz, and for the audience, and for America, that I won't apologize for, even though you're going to feel like I should apologize for it later. <laughs> I already feel like it. Yeah, okay, so I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to do that yet. I'll do that later. <clears throat> I have a very special Bob's Bula base based around... Only 14, 14 years difference, by the way. Okay. I'm going to interrupt you before you got too, like, too into whatever this is. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying not to set it up too much because it's going to take a while. I have yeah. a very special Bob's Bula bass for you, Chaz. And we're hey, going we're to play the song right now. Jake wanted to call it due diligence, but Chaz spat right in his face. So instead we describe Bob's early years in a segment called Bob's Bula bass. Quick break to tell you about today's sponsor. It's a new wine from Dylan. It's called Bob's Boujolet. Now on to Bob's Boulevard. All right, on this very special edition of Bob's Boulevard. Oh, you can blame Lindsay. Superfan Lindsay gave us this idea in an email. She wondered why Bob doesn't have a year in hair, similar to oh yeah David Bowie's year in hair, because yeah, Bob's yeah. fro is so iconic, uh-huh. and so. She she inadvertently did something that's going to send us all to the seventh circle of hell. She has given me the idea to do a year in fro. Year in fro. Now, sharp-eared listeners will 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 realize that we're about forty six episodes into our <laughs> into our journey here. But what I've decided to do is to go back to every year that we've already done and do a very brief year in fro. Wow! And I'm going to do that right now. You really put a lot of time into this. <clears throat> I actually did. I went to the Google machine and I. I Pulled up some Google images of Bob Dylan from each year that we've done, and I just yeah, wrote a, a little yeah. something about it. It's very, it's brief, but you know, as I said, forty, what is it, like forty-three, forty-two You've years. Done every year that we have done an episode. That's correct, and I'm going to do it chronologically, okay. not out of order. Okay. So here it goes. This is the very special Bob's Bula base. You can thank and or pillory Lindsay later. 
<laughs> or not. Or not if you want to. Okay, make 19... your house and then use those eggs to make your breakfast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that was pretty good. It was. It just. It was so good. It took me a minute. I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at first, but I got it now. Way to go, Chaz. Thanks, thanks. Way to go. 1964. This is a youngish fro. It's more fussy than ebullient, and it's about two to three inches. 1966 is what I would like to submit is the greatest white fro of all time. I can't think of a better fro than Bob Dylan's 1960s. A better white fro than Bob Dylan's 1966 yeah. fro. Clearly, there's better fros, but yeah. not not on a white person. Like anything after that has to be, it has to be some sort of like knockoff fro. Like I'm thinking Peter Frampton's or, yeah, you know all those hippie Weird fros. Weird Al Yankovic's got an iconic fro. But <laughs> it's such a long fro, though. Anyway, uh, 66 is the very best fro. It's six to s- seven inches all the way around. It's kind of like a halo, <laughs> which I like to call a hay fro. So there's, well, this is going to take a long time. It is. I'm going to go fast. 1967. It's shorn somewhat subdued, and it's under a yarmulke at times. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a family for the fro that I like to call a fro family. A fromily? Maybe a fromily. 1960, 1969, the fro is attempting a comeback, but it's still only 1 to 2 inches. 1.5 to 2 inches, I want to say. 1970, beginning to burst forth, the fro is. A good 2 to 3.5 inches, but not n- nearly enough to be curly. 1971, curly and rounder, steals the show at the concert for Bangladesh, the fro did. 19- I want, I'm wishing for like an infographic right now that just like... And like sometimes there's a mullet like, underneath, and like a, the hay fro. A little bit of scraggly facial hair shows up. Woo, woo. We really we're we're really looking for a tech genius to become a friend of this show. We have so many things for that tech genius to do. This is one of them. Hmm. All right, 1972. Um, it's a curly fro, and it pairs nicely with a mustache. And it's photographed for some reason under a rolled hippie bandana that Bob Dylan went to like some concert for. And the fro clearly wants out. It wants out, Chaz. <laughs> we all do, Jay. Yeah. It's only 1972. I know. 1974, the fro sells out. It's only 2.5 to 4 inches. But it's kind of like, just like when Bob Dylan toured with the band, it's kind of like a nostalgia fro. All right, 1975, uh, it's the Froling Thunder Review. <laughs> It's five to six inches when not trapped under a weird flowery hat. All right. 1976. Flows and froze. Very long. Uh, not exactly a fro. It's like longer than a fro. It's a little bit like the Weird Al. It's like curly and like coming down his shoulders a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. 78. It's a huge fro with a mullet. Huge fro with mullet. Party in the front and party in the back. <laughs> 1979. See 1978, but it's one to two inches shorter for some reason. Hey, Jake. Yeah. I have, a pro- I have a proposal. What do you need? My proposal is that we go back and forth between short David Bowie segments to okay. another decade All right. of the year fro. All right. Well, th- we're going to stop this right here. This is a lot of fro for anyone to handle. All right. Let me. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I, it's time for me to apologize. Uh, so I'm going to do 1981, and then and then we'll come back. Oh, sure, sure. You'll go, go, up, go up through 1981. All right. Order. Since we're at 1982. We'll go through, through 1982. Since All right. 1981. See 1979, but pair it with some sweet aviator sunglasses. 
All right, you go with you go with some date. You go with the whoever no, it is. No, dude, you're dude 1982. Oh, all right, 1982. That brings us up wrap, to this wrap year. Wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, C1981, but pair it with a jaunty straw Caribbean hat. <laughs> I will. I wanted to give <laughs> scores for all these too, so be glad I didn't do that. <laughs> you could have just made them up randomly on the spot, like I always do with you. Yeah, exactly. I'll do that from now on. I make a point of never knowing what the point's going to be until we are actually on the show in the middle of the segment. I know. I don't know why I'm proud of that, but I am. You should be proud of that. America's hey. proud of you. Hey, go ahead. Proud of me. I know. Thanks for indulging me. Uh, I, anytime. Well, no, not anytime. Not anytime. <laughs> I'll call you. Time. I'm going to call you this in the middle. The, this is the only time. I'm going to call you in the middle of the night and give you this later. <laughs> I just keep going. <laughs> you said I could do it anytime. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in 1940. <laughs> Bob Dylan. His first fro was a baby fro. A bay fro. Bro-fro. Bro-fro. <laughs> hey. Hey. So Bowie Hi. had a somewhat similar year to Dylan in that not that much happened, but in different ways and different reasons. Because Bowie, of course, is coming off of like an unbelievable, unstoppable, you know, run of albums from 69 to 80. It was or incredible. S- or some people think. Some people, if by some people you mean everyone who All matters, nerdy right? critics. Unite. Everyone who likes music. Um, <laughs> Except for me. For you, well, you don't really like music, I guess. I mm. guess. I guess what you're saying right now. Hey! Yeah. So, Bowie had... 81 and 82 were very quiet years for a couple different reasons. Yeah. One Tell is that us. he was kind of letting his con- his really crappy contract run out. Yeah. Which was running out at the end of 82. And so, he, part of it was he really didn't want to release but a lot more music because he was getting, like, just so much of it taken away by this crappy right. contract. Oh, locked in. Another reason that I don't feel it comes up a lot, but it's definitely part of it, is uh, John Lennon's murder Ooh. at the end of, in December of 1980. Right before I was born. Right before you were born. Bowie was performing in the play uh, The Elephant Man at the time, and he was in New York at the time performing. And I forget the name of the guy who killed John Lennon. Oh. But, no, it's uh, Mark, Mark David Chapman. There you go. That guy had considered... A few different celebrities, and another very prominent one he was considering was Bowie. Yeah, Ouch. like Bowie was, you know, On identified as another guy he was really thinking about doing. And Bowie was like, he was within a couple miles of of all of this happening. Like Jeez. he was performing. That's crazy. And this like really shook up Bowie in a big time, meaningful way. I feel like it brings me back to uh, when Andy Warhol got shot. Yeah. Never heard- did anything about that like I mean, he, the guy just like never lived again he was just like right it changed his life so dramatically he just could never i can't see how it couldn't that's crazy i don't see how he couldn't exactly and i think this is and, and bowie was friends with john lennon too and right i think this this really got him a lot and he had just gotten divorced finally at the end of the 79 he got divorced like he was just in a weird spot right there mm. he had kind of a quieter year he ended up spending most of nineteen most of what he did in 82 was filming movies that came out in 1983 okay so not all I came out. Now the one, there are a couple, couple things. He had a couple signals here, but a couple, couple notable things here. And the one biggest thing he did was he was in a TV movie called Bale, based Bale. on the play Bertolt Brecht's first major play, Bale. <laughs> Ever heard of Bale? Bale? Ever heard of Bale, Jake? <laughs> it's not I have Bertolt. not, but <laughs> it's not Bertolt Brecht's best work. So <laughs> let's his just first, be straight up. It's his that. first work. It's yeah, it's his first work exactly. Uh, I just it's so straight. I watched the whole thing. It was it was. It was worth worth watching, but it was really strange because it's just not you just don't see stuff like this on TV anymore. 
I've noticed a, a couple different things Bowie's have been in. It's like, what was going on in the UK at this time period? Like, it's never <laughs> yes. made it onto TV. Like, this would never make it onto American TV. It makes you wonder what TV, TV I've ever seen. What like, TV what is? Happening? What is TV, you ask yourself? What is TV? <laughs> uh, so it's super theatrical. It's very basic sets. It's filmed like proscenium style. So, you know, the cameras are all on one side. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of sitcoms are shot like that, too. But, uh... There's like there's moments there's one point where, point where he's walking down the road, but uh, it's just like this blank stage and he's just like walking towards us and then he gets to the front he starts over at the back again and just keeps walking like it's very very theatrical it doesn't okay. like look cheap that sounds like it could look really cheap all right there's these different times where he's he's singing songs in, in between with um written by Bertolt Brecht and where the action is frozen and he's like a narrator of sorts like telling about himself anyway. He plays the main role, the main character of Bale. Bale. Bale is a gross, jerky layabout who's also a talented <laughs> musician and poet and is irresistible to the ladies. Ladies. <laughs> just like Just like you, Jake. <laughs> just like you. Oh, I was going to say just like you're you, but then you... D- it's a good one, Jake. Ah. Real, real, real good. I'm real such real a layabout. Good. That's my problem. Yeah. One of them. <laughs> one, of, one of the many. Uh, Bowie, there's several songs in it. They're, unfortunately, I think only one of them has music by Kurt Vile. And Kurt Vile works yeah. a lot with, with Brackton. Kurt Vile did some, did some sweet tunes. Kurt Vile. Including, including Alabama song, which Bowie had covered and released in, it came out, it came out in 80. Yeah. Uh, he recorded it in 78. Um, I was going to say, but this bail came out before Bertolt Brecht and Kurt Vile started working together. But Bowie recorded, re-recorded the songs that are in the movie and released them as a super classic EP. And in 82? Bowie's like, in 82. Oh, hey. It was basically he did something. Bowie's only true EP. Oh, this so he re- the, not, not a promotional EP. Not a promotional, just a just EP. A, and it's his only like really wow. full-blown, all-original material EP. Yeah. And a strange thing in the context of where he was transitioning to. Okay. But we'll get more of that in when we get to points. Shall we? Hey, Jake. Hey. Give us some more year and fro. All right. 1983. You're supposed to see 1982, but it's unleashed without the hat. The fro is unleashed. 1984, <laughs> see 1983. 1985, see 1978, which is a huge fro with mullet fro, but paired with shoulder pads on his suit coat. <laughs> so the fro kind of comes down to the shoulder pads, meeting, meeting the shoulder pads in an 80s frenzy. An absolute <laughs> 80s frenzy. <laughs> In ear searing, eye searing. <laughs> 1986, C1985, but pair it with a sleeveless leather vest. Whoa! <laughs> it gets better. The 80s are the, the best. They're just the best. 1987, C1986, but pair it with a giant beard, which I like to call, like, the halo effect gives it, like, a full face and head fro kind of a thing. Like, everything's a fro <laughs> on his face and head. And this fro also features the Grateful Dead in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> Some of whom also had fro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 1989. C-1978, which again is the huge fro with mullet fro. But this fro is starting to be a little bit more wizened. It's a little bit more, uh, it's kind of drastically matted from possible hygiene disinterest, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> If you would fill this puppy out with all the years we haven't done yet and publish it as an article on the, uh, on the site. It'll be, it'll be the world's greatest coffee table book. I Coming to you. <laughs> Coming the to you never from the Bob Boy vs. Dylan presses. 
<laughs> along with Chronicles Volume 2, 3, 4, and 10 from Bob Dylan. <laughs> and our Choose Your Own Adventure, the adventures of... Of, uh, oh, yeah, we're going to do your adventure book. Yeah, we have a lot of literary. We still want to actually do. I do want to do that. And that one that we had that awesome name for. Yeah, I was hoping you would remember that. That means we're going to have to listen voice to of the, an old Voice episode. of the Outcasts, Voice of the Freaks. Yeah, good one. See, that's yeah. going to be our actual serious book. Be, yeah, our be serious one where we get serious. Look for that never from Bowie vs. Dylan Presses. <laughs> from Bowie vs. Dylan Presses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm at 1990, so you should go. And All right, do something you wanna, else. Where do you want to do a few more? I mean, it's up to you. Here, we'll go up to 2000. I only have a few in the 90s left. Okay, 1990, C-1989. Still possible hygiene disinterest. (laughs) 1992, C-1990, but sticking up in front a little. Don't know why. Okay, 1994, C-92, but cleaned up and really nice for the MTV Unplugged taping. He he washed it in 1994. 1995, uh uh-oh, C-1989. Back to hygiene disinterest. Uh, 97. We did 97, right? Yeah. As a year? Okay. It's one of our first episodes. Uh, this is a, this is a, yeah, 1997 is a bowl fro. It's, um, (laughs) it looks like a bowl cut crossed with a fro, possibly from Stetson hat experimentation and or Stetson hat overuse. And 1999, please see 1997. It it looks exactly the same. It's the bowl fro. The dirty bowl fro. (laughs) The dirty bull throw. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. You love it. Ah, back to you, Chaz. <laughs> hey, whoa. That was a great commercial break. Yeah, I like this dude really in little chunks. It. Really enjoyed it. I, don't, I, don't, I think people are going to hate me less if we do it in chunks. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. Hey, so Bowie, in addition to the Bale EP, also released two wildly different singles in 1982. Or rather, mm. at least one of them was, you know, it wasn't so much him releasing it as it being, I don't know, released at him or <laughs> Released in his released likeness. <laughs> in his lack of legal recourse yeah. to stop it from being released. Uh, but the, this one, the first one, though, he did was all for. And that is Cat People Putting Out oh, Fire. Oh, I know that song. So, you probably know the re-recorded version. It was re-recorded for Let's Dance, for mm-hmm. the 1983 album Let's Dance. But the original version, which was actually recorded in 1980, uh, and at the, when he was recording that is when he ran into Queen and recorded under under pressure. Like, they oh, were yeah. at the same studio. This is what he was recording when they were at the same studio. Just for the, just for the hay of it. The original version of Cat People putting on fire. So, it's the theme song to the movie, Cat People. Yeah. And it was a collaboration with Giorgio Moroder. Known by many as the father of disco. And he produced uh, lots of stuff, most <laughs> yeah, notably Donna Summer, but also oh, yeah. and other stuff. Oh, yeah. Synthesizer uh, being, Master. What's it? Synthesizer Master. Saying? He's a thick. Chaz, settle down. What? I was just no, going to say what? that he likes he liked using synthesizers. He was good at we it. He did like synthesizers. I told you that already. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> I don't that much. <laughs> just saying. Uh, so this ends up being a clear indicator for the direction of his next album. His career is going into a little more of a dance. I think this is like kind of a dark dance tune. Though it's interesting <laughs> that he, had, he recorded Bale after this, which seems like a weird step backwards because Bale is much mm. more in line with the... Uh, the strange Berlin period. Yeah. So he's kind of like going back and forth. He was like dipping his anyway, toe James, in and taking it out. I've again. got a multiple choice question oh, for you. Great. About Giorgio Moroder. Oh no, I'm not going to know this, but go ahead. Which gigantic disco hit song? David Bowie. Was Giorgio Moroder not involved with? Oh, okay, all right. And I am going to sing all of them. So you're saying there's a chance you're going to sing them all? That's great. Well, I'm going to sing at least one line of all of them, Jake. Because oh. 
You can't help it. Because you're feeling when you hear these titles. You're feeling you saucy. Alright, so which one of these do you not have anything to do with? Alright. <clears throat> Hopefully I'm gonna remember all these. I think I'm Can I provide you with a disco backbeat on every single one? <laughs> well, some of them are slow. Oh, all right, so never mind. We're gonna start out with a torch song here, Jake. Okay. The torchiest great. of all torch songs, you yeah. ready? Yeah. Take my breath away. Boom boom. Yeah. Boom boom. Yeah. Boom boom. Hey, I have a question for the audience. Can anyone in the audience actually say the artist who made that song? Oh man. Anybody? I, <laughs> I, I sure as I couldn't before I looked uh, it up. I might I might I might be able to, but I can't right now. What, who is it? Berlin. Yes, Berlin. Of course. <laughs> of course Berlin. Everybody That's not I a dis- I, that's I, not I, a disco I never, song. I have no clue. Well, I guess that one's not that disco. Okay. But he produ- but he may or may not have produced it. He may or may not have produced all right, it. All right. All right. Next up. Yeah. Call on me, don't call me, baby. That was by Blondie, by the way. That's good. That one's a, that one's decent. Then. I want some hot stuff, baby. This <laughs> oh yeah. Give me some hot stuff, baby, tonight. That was indeed by Donna Summer. Wow, hot stuff's a terrible song. That's terrible. Jake, what are you saying right now? Nothing. Go ahead. I would. Da- I wouldn't dare. Check yourself before you. Not your yourself. version. Your version was tasty, <laughs> buddy. I'm talking about, you know, just like the songwriting. Not not you up to stuff. Dancing with young and sweet, only seventeen. Well, that's Abba. Ooh, yeah. To get the dancing queen. Okay, that's he Abba. he did not produce the Abba song. I'm not done yet. I'm oh, I'm sorry. Yet. Go ahead. And finally. What a feeling. Dun, 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 yeah. That's uh it's called a flash dance what a feeling. Well, you know, it's not just called what a feeling, it's called flash dance what a feeling. Yeah. Much like Bowie's collaboration with him is called Cat People Putting Out Fire. <laughs> but you flash get the name of the uh, name of the movie in there first, then the name of the Well song. absolutely all together. It's like here's probably ins- it probably ensures it's probably like advertising for both of them when you do that. Definitely. That was that also was by, uh because also no one has any clue who this is by, I'm sure. It's by Irene Cara. That I that I had no clue about. Don't know the no don't know the name. Alright. Which one <laughs> oh, did the, George M. Roder was he not involved in? It's the Abba one. Yeah, well, you're correct. You seem very sure of that. I don't know why I am, I just knew. I just knew. You're right. You're right. Well, hey, when you know, you know. I mean those Swedes are tricky and they don't like Georgia Muroder. They don't like the Italians. <clears throat> right. That's what I mean. Because <laughs> <laughs> Georgia Moroder was a Giorgio Moroder! Giorgio. He is. Georgio. Uh, hey. Okay. If you're going to get borderline offensive, let's do it by talking about Froze. Go. All right. Next up. 1990. Next up. Uh, no, well, I went to 2000. 2001. Um, it's grayish and wiry. It's got the occasional bullfro, bullfro, and pairs well with a brand new Vincent Price mustache. <laughs> All right, so we're getting a little bit like the 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 fro is maturing. It's getting kind of gray and wise, <laughs> like a fine wine, like a fine wine, and also like Bob Dylan. Two thousand two, see two thousand one, except it's covered with nasty long hair wig at the Newport Jazz Festival. <laughs> Remember, we talked <laughs> about that. that. Story. So that weird. It it's, does not get any less weird seeing that picture. Um, it's weird seeing like a thousand Google image searches in a row of that weird wig. <laughs> Uh, 2004, see 2001 and 2002, with a greater variety of hats. I was proud of him. He put on some different, like, Stetsons and things on his head. All right, nice. 2005, see 2004. 2007, 
see 2005 perhaps even grayer and wirier with a hint of wispiness. There's kind of a wispy <laughs> thing going on. Yeah, it's kind of. It's. I think it's dancing done. across the palette. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the light, like fluffy mouthfeel. Like a, like a Giorgio Moroder disco produced track. <laughs> All right, 2008. See 2007, but I just can't stop dancing. Two, see 2007, but inexplicably darker in some picks. I think we possibly have a die fro. I think he might. Have, I think he might have died at Jazz. Not sure, but there's some weird like the the thing is too black. The fro is just too black. Okay, 2009. See 2008, but it pairs well with a 2000 hair wig. What did I mean by that? <laughs> no oh yeah, he pairs well with the nasty long hair wig in the Must Be Santa video. He's wearing the no, wig. Hey. He's, he just inexplicably brings back the wig for the Must Be Santa video. All right. <laughs> um, do you want me to just? Do you want me to bull rush till the end, or do you want to? Uh... Yeah, let's just keep going. All right. Let's yeah, just. Like, well, no. Here, I got. I got a couple more. Things. All right. Cool. Let's, let's and then it we'll up. do the let's last ones up. after that. Yeah. 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 I got All three right. more segments. The last two are pretty short. We'll go together. All right. But this yeah. next one is real thick and juicy. So Ooh, juicy. Let's go. I'm ready. Bowie's. Oh, you know what's coming, Jake. You know what's coming. The audience doesn't, but you do. Oh, I have a thing to do. Okay, go ready? ahead. All right. Yeah. Well, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. All I'm right. Ready. So Bowie released. Yeah, he had an EP, a Bale EP, and there were two singles, Cat People, Putting Out Fire. Yeah, put it out. And uh, with gasoline, you know. If you Guys, that the fire is out of control. Way, Would you please just put it out? My mm. hero thinks that song is hilarious. Mm. He's like, putting out fire with gasoline? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's not wrong. That is funny. Because yeah. it doesn't make sense. was uh a little number of Jake that was not recorded in 1982 it was recorded in 1977 uh-huh. for a TV special. Say it. With a very special guest star. Make it happen. By the name. Yes. A Bing. <laughs> Crust. Oh, I thought you were talking about another Bing, but I get it now. <laughs> There's so many things out there. This is kind of like an infamous Bowie moment. So oh, yeah. An infamous everybody moment. I'm on guard here possibly his entire career. He releases two crazy out there albums. Uh, helps Iggy Pop release two crazy out there albums. Oh, yeah. Out there. Tours with Iggy Pop. Like, does plays piano on Iggy Pop's tour. And then also records a feel-good Christmas song <laughs> on a Big Crosby TV special. <laughs> So like great. what happened here? How did I, this come about? I well, no one knows. It's very obvious. It, it's avant-garde when you think about it in those terms. If you want to <laughs> think so about it, the bed. yeah, exactly. It's like it's so something he wouldn't do that it becomes something he would uh-huh. do again. So Bowie apparently he, he has said that he did it just because his mom really liked Big Crosby. Okay, well that makes sense. He just like wanted to be decent to his mom. So I'm mean, good for you on that. Yeah, out there, but he had the chance he did it apparently. <laughs> Uh, notably, Bing Crosby died before it aired. Yeah. This happened right. to Bowie twice in 1977, where he recorded a, a TV special, and the host died before the TV special aired. The other one being Mark Bullen. That's weird. No, so, it was really weird. It was like two in a row. Yep, mm-hmm. in 1977. This is the all-death episode so, of Bowie vs. Dylan. What's it? The all-death yeah. version. All yeah, John version. Lennon, we've already mentioned John Lennon. This is all... Well, yeah, I know. It's all definition of... Things got done. It's, death, it's, it's the life. You know, we started with birth. We're ending with death. Like, Absolutely. That's what 1982 is all about, Jake. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Bowie's record label released it in 1982 against Bowie's wishes. Uh, and this is like just like their last shot. They're releasing all these like 
unnecessary compilations and stuff because boy couldn't stop them like trying yeah. to just milk that cow, a cash cow. So is that right, how, right how unlike that is to today's release strategy? Well, <laughs> since he no, passed we'll away, we're gonna get into that in the next segment. <laughs> all right, but, all right, all right. Uh, but if you've never seen this segment, you probably should. But we're gonna give you a little taste of it. We have not had a BVD theater in no. many episodes. Wow, we've but, been in hibernation. Uh, the, the dialogue on this is is surreal. That's wonderful. It's really quite, quite strange. Um, and Jake and I are going to try our hand acting out for you, just just over the old <laughs> podcast radio. I'm here. ready. I'm ready. So I've been... Jake is going to do his very best Bing Crosby. I'm going to do my best David Bowie. We're not going to sing the song, but maybe we'll just start into the song just slightly. But we're going to do the <laughs> cringeworthy oh, dialogue that oh. follows it, that, that begins it. <clears throat> All right. So to set the scene, we're in a fairly opulent looking, ah, yes. you know, homey, but Christmas and homey room. Like it looks like it's, you know, probably a mansion or, you know, very wealthy home. Absolutely. Um, the, fire's, decked out for the fire's crackling. Fire's crackling. Mm. Oh, you know it. The the there brandies, is, the brandies are flowing. There's a knock at One the door. Huh? Bing Crosby goes up and opens it. And behind the door is David Bowie. All right. Scene. Hello. You the new butler? Ha ha ha. Well, it's been a long time since I've been the new anything. What's happened to Hudson? I guess he's changing. Yeah, he does it a lot, doesn't he? Um, oh, I- I'm David Bowie. I live down the road. Oh! Sir Percival lets me use his piano when he's not around. He's not around, is he? I can honestly say I haven't seen him, but come on in! Come on in! But, uh... Come on in! Are you related to Sir Percival? Well, distantly. Oh, you're not the poor relation from America, right? Ha! Gee, news sure travels fast, doesn't it? I'm Bing. Oh, I'm pleased to meet you. You're the one that sings, right? Well, right or wrong, I sing either way. Oh, well, I sing too. Oh, good. What kind of singing? Mostly contemporary stuff. Do you, uh, do you like modern music? Oh, I think it's marvelous. Some of it really fine. But tell me, you ever listen to any of the older fellows? Oh, yeah, sure. I like, uh, John Lennon and, uh, the other one, uh, with, uh, Harry Nielsen. Mmm, you go back that far, huh? Yeah, not as young as I look. <laughs> None of us is these days. In fact, I've got a six-year-old son, and he gets really excited around the Christmas holiday thing. Do you go in for any of the traditional things in the Bowie household at Christmas time? Oh, yeah, most of them, really. Presents, a tree, decorations... Agents sliding down the chimney. What? I was just seeing if you were paying attention. <laughs> Actually, uh, our family do most of the things other families do. We sing the same songs. Do you? Oh, I even have a go at White Christmas. You do, huh? Uh, I was supposed to say you too, huh? That was oh. a typo in there. Sorry, everybody. And this one. This is my son's favorite. Do you know this one? Oh, I do indeed. It's a lovely thing. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> All right, some, some other fun facts for this. I'm dreaming. Yeah, no, it's not what we think. It's, it's Little Drummer Boy. Oh, yeah, sorry. Right. Yeah, it's not Everybody. White Christmas. Yeah, but he, <clears throat> I, I, I just imagine Bing's like, I haven't made enough money at White Christmas yet. Let's <laughs> like, do it again. Play it again. The entire special, I'm going to safely assume that he sings White Christmas at a different point. Oh, the, yeah, obviously. Please. Obviously. Please. No, they sing, uh, they sing Little Drummer Boy. Which apparently, and that was the one like lined up, they asked him to do it, but apparently Bowie hates that song. 
He hates. And he hates. so, like, completely last minute in like an hour. Oh my goodness! Uh, some dudes behind the scenes wrote the counter melody "Peace on Earth," which now exists before them for Bowie to sing. So Bowie doesn't sing the the uh, little drummer boy part. That's what that's what Big sings. Oh, Bowie sings "Peace on Earth." They told uh, me. Apparently, <laughs> Merry Christmas. When Bowie when Bowie showed up, he was wearing something you know, like outrageous. He would occasionally dabble in wearing something outrageous in the seventies. <laughs> he was normally, he was normally like pretty normal looking at this time period, but he supposedly came on like something just completely off the wall crazy, and they're like, "Oh, he can't go on the special like this." <laughs> Unfortunately, he was willing to like just dress it down to you know a pretty normal pretty normal look. He's got a little hint of a mullet there. Oh, we should get save that for the year in here. Yo, yeah, uh, please. Oh, Don't well. step on urine here. But then they go on to yeah to sing the what's become a minor classic Christmas song for some reason. It's not the song is okay. The song I is think okay. Every, every Christmas song eventually becomes a minor classic Christmas song. <laughs> it's it, or every major single classic. one, like <laughs> White Christmas. Jake, the most classic ever. Heard of that? The most classic. White Bing. Christmas is like one of the most. Purchased songs in history or something. Chaz, you know, do you know why? Do you know why you know that? Why? Because you I told, told you in tell a me? previous podcast. Sharpier <laughs> listeners will know that I did an entire <laughs> countdown of the uh, most. Uh, actually, you know what? It's by far the biggest selling single of all time. Okay, not okay, just okay, Christmas. Yep, yep, not yep. just Christmas. So chew on oh, that. Man. Hey, what are, what are you drinking? What are you drinking, man? Chew it away. What are you drinking, man? Anyway, Jake, I do want you to know that this oh. the single in 1982 was released in two versions: one just the song, and one with the full dialogue ahead of time. You have the to entire have. scene. Did the one that I gave you have the dialogue on it? I gave you a no, no. What? No. Send it back. That was like 15 years ago, but send it back. <laughs> it's a sweet seven-inch red vinyl. <laughs> Absolutely. I could see Bowie releasing it today. <laughs> In fact, well, wait, what's this? I just got an alert on my phone. He did. <laughs> hey, well, one last thing about this. Uh, so this was released in 1982, you know, five years after the event and everything. Boom. Uh, the B-side to this was a not terribly, you know, like, not super interesting song from his 1979 album, Lodger, which wasn't even his most recent song, most recent album at okay. the time. Great. He actually sang a really kind of boss version of Heroes on the special also. On the and special? for some reason, no one was like, "Hey, we should make that the B side to this." What? Why? That it was not that was not released until 2007 or 2017. With that version of the heroes it was not released and uh, as audio until 2017. Bing was probably like, "I know I was joking on the special, but I will kill him. <laughs> I will murder him." Yeah, he couldn't because he was dead. <laughs> I mean, him. before he died. If you think Bing Crosby couldn't throttle David Bowie with his bare hands before he died, you're wrong. <laughs> Bing could Bing uh, could do anything. He had old man I did strength. Think that, but okay, all right. <laughs> he had old man. All strength. right, finish this up over there. All right, you're in Woo woo woo! Here. All right, where did I leave off? Nobody knows. Let's see. Oh, 2012. You're supposed to see 2010. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a, it's it's wizened. It's wizened. And his, his actual face is getting kind of lined and lots of wrinkles and stuff. Okay, 2013. See 2012, but paired with an even craggier face. Dylan gets real craggy in the... In the, in the <laughs> Very in the, quickly in the last five years. <laughs> yeah. 2015. See 2013 and 2008. And there's a definite die job going on during this weird speech he gave. 
I think he's just dying it at different times of the year now, and like some uh-huh. you know, some of the photos show it, and some of them don't. 2017, see 2012, pairs well with the Nobel Prize and nine hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, any fro really Fair does. Enough. Any fro pairs well with the Nobel Prize. 2018, see 2017, uh, mostly without the hat. Wait, I can't read my own handwriting. Oh, Jake. I know. Mostly without what a hat. What are saying here? This is very anticlimactic. Sorry, 2018. C 2017, oh. mostly without a hat. So he's letting it fly a little bit again. 2019. C 2018. It pairs well with uh, Neil Young, who he did a concert with in 2019, because both, both people's hair are equally eccentric looking. It's like kind of a yin and yang of old man, <clears throat> too long hair. Like one's yeah. a fro. And hey, one. whoa. And Neil's got these like chops, these unbelievable lamb chops on his, <laughs> on his face that like extend good six or seven inches out from his face. <laughs> I mean, these guys are getting old, man. God bless hey, him. No one's denying it. God bless him. You know, <laughs> go for it. And I was all happy. right. Let's right. Up here. All right, that sounds good there to are me. Very listeners who may have uh, tuned in <laughs> to the last episode we covered twenty nineteen will know that Bowie released. I an entire grocery store worth of ridiculous vinyl. 83, 83 different ones was my count. 83 different ones at last count. Uh, lest we think that this was just a product of the recent years, though it mostly isn't. In 1982, Jake, I yeah. did a little digging, and I discovered that he released a 10-disc, 7-inch uh, picture disc set. Oh, wait, All what? All previously released singles. He released a seven-inch picture disc set. He did? Ten discs. Ten discs. I didn't even think that sort of thing existed back then. All previously released. Oh, man. He was a prototype. Prototype. Oh, man. He was just (laughs) thinking. Uh, Currently goes for about $200. Oh, yeah. Make this this your own. Definitely. I don't, but go, yeah. Uh, It was, yeah. It was all singles. I, it it looks pretty handsome, but uh, I don't know what. I can't believe it was only $200. I would have thought that thing would have been jacked. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what the thing cost you. I'm curious about that, but I didn't discover that. Couldn't couldn't find that fact. Just add a zero on there, you know. It wasn't a box that it was in like a wallet thing, like a big clear plastic wallet thing. Okay. They were like, we don't know what a super you deluxe could see all you could box see all set is. Yeah. yeah, Bob Dylan hadn't invented the, Bob, the box. Yeah, he had not. <laughs> David Bowie's like, here's a bunch of records. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and finally, the year in here. Oh, get it. Uh, yeah. In 1982, Bowie's looking pretty normal at this time period. Right. He, uh, you know, he's in between, like, well... In Bale, they made him try to look. They tried to make him look kind of gross, but he, he actually looks kind of okay. Like he's not, you know, skeletal. He's, he's past his worst cocaine years, sure. so he's not skeletal thin anymore. The guy never was fat in his entire life. So no, you don't have that. And he's a handsome. He's a handsome man. Let's he's talk. a handsome man. He's a handsome man, especially once he gets some meat on his bones later on, you know, and grows his eyebrows back after the years and stuff. He's a handsome man. Uh, <laughs> so they like they let him like he's got this big scraggly like beard thing because Bowie could not grow a a decent beard though he tried numerous times Um, they tried to make him look like kind of gross in Bale but they really didn't succeed that much I'm going to be honest he kind of looks okay not gross that's that's supposed to be part of the point is that women are all after him all the time even though he's just disgusting yeah I mean he still acts disgusting so there's that but his hair on top is just Pretty normal length, kind of normal for the time period. Chilling. A little bit roughed up. Chilling. If we cover the uh, the Christmas special, 
from 1977. He's got he's got a decent mullet there going there. Oh yeah, a late career you know anomaly. Like he, after the early 70s, he really didn't have a, a decent <laughs> mullet until he got to the late 80s and had the worst mullet in the oh, world. Like yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I don't know when he dyed his hair blonde. I think that was actually a little farther into 83 when he dyed his hair blonde and started curling it, but... You know. <laughs> the perm, uh, the, so I'm the dye give, perm. It's pretty normal. I'm going to give it a 3, 3.5. Wow, 3.5. Okay, sure, sure. Great. Why not? Bing's like, I'll rip every hair off his head. <laughs> uh, one last thing of note for this segment. Bowie may or may not have been recording demos for Let's Dance oh, yeah. on my actual birthday. Yeah, you haven't mentioned this before. This is a, this is new. This is new to all of us. Whatever, Jake. I don't care. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, but he was like within like the two weeks surrounding. I don't know if it was in the actual day, but the two weeks surrounding my birthday, he was recording demos for Let's Dance. Yeah. So when I was born at six thirty in the morning, probably he was not recording demos at that moment. But no, that, that'd be, no, that'd be who Bob knows. Bob. Maybe Bob Dylan. He might have been schedule. still awake from the night before. Who knows? Partying. Party, I like party. to think that he, you know, paused probably for a was, moment. Probably the, he was sleeping. I like to think he paused for a moment in the middle of take eight of Let's Dance and was like, <laughs> something shifted in the in the universe. I think someone was just born. That was you, Chaz. Oh hey, whoa, hey. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> he felt that. it. He felt hey, the connection. Let's do some points. What Shall do you we? Say? Um, what do so, you say? <clears throat> so for me. Let me just check my notes here. Bob Dylan so didn't much, do so much note checking. Bob Dylan didn't do a damn thing. I, there's zero. <laughs> there's zero points. There's zero negatives. There's zero nothing. He didn't do anything. Hey, so, well. So let me pass it on to you, and let me point out that it's not that ridiculous that I did the world's largest Bob Spoola base because I had nothing else to talk about. So <laughs> no, I didn't. So in case you were wondering, was it was clear what you're doing. Even at in the time. case you were judging me. <laughs> Oh, don't. I'm still judging you. Don't worry. Don't. All right. What do you Let's got? Let's break it down here. He's got, first of all, his appearance in the TV movie Bale. It oh. was, wasn't was a feature length, but it was. it's one of his better roles. Like, he's really quite good at it. Okay. And um, I'm going to give it half a point. It seems right. He's like, he really feels like the character. He is, like, just rattling off non sequiturs and doing poetry and songs. And it's, it's fun to see him, like, play guitar and stuff in there. Or play, it's not, is it ukulele or something? It's not ukulele. I don't remember what it is. It's not a guitar. It's something similar to a guitar. Banjo. It's not a banjo. Banjo? I don't know her. No, banjo doesn't seem right either. I don't ukulele. Remember. A mandolin. 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 Instrument. No, it's not a mandolin. I'm leaning back towards banjo. It's really, honestly can't remember. Is it a keytar? Is it a keytar? <laughs> so much keytar. <laughs> Love keytars. Uh, so again, 0.5 points for that. All right. Next up is the In Bertold Brecht's Bale EP. What? We shouldn't talk right. about how many points to put that out of, but I decided on two. Yeah, I would, I would say more two. More than a single and less than an album. Wow. And it's, it's a quite a short EP. It's only like 12 minutes long, but it's five tracks, and all of them were specially recorded. They didn't appear anywhere else. Okay. Um, it's Bowie's only true EP. It's got a couple yeah. other sort of EPs later on, but like this is the only true all-original material EP, especially during his lifetime. Uh, all the songs were re-recorded with a small orchestra, so they're not the same versions as the TV movie, which featured just him and banjo, or whatever stringed instrument he was playing, which I can't remember for some reason. What other stringed instruments are there? You're confused. I think it's a banjo. I just, like, it's not that I don't know what it is. I just I just can't, like, quite picture in my head, like, what instrument he's holding. Did it look like it? Did it look like it? He carries it around throughout the whole movie. It <laughs> it's gotta matter. be a banjo. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Jake. It doesn't matter. It does matter. Says, 
But also, I'm going to look it up, because... I was going to say, this matters. I, I, I need it to know. It does that. It does. Did and it I look like that? If I, if I had a picture of him, it's just carrying it all the time in the movie. So, that means you should remember what it Let's is. Let's be I know, I should. I don't know. I just watched it, like, last week, too. Last week, two weeks ago? I don't remember. Things happen. It's a banjo. It is a banjo. It's I a banjo! Think. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yes. It's yeah, a banjo e. The Benbo E. Yeah, that's terrible. That's great, though. Uh, I'm giving it 1.5 points. It's really kind of fun to listen it's to. It's good. So 1.5 so out of 2. anything else he ever recorded. Like, All it's right. just not anything like anything else he did, which is Sweet. cool. Finally, we got our singles. Singles. Uh, Cat People putting out Fire. Yep. Um, I'm not a huge... It's the, this, the original single version with Giorgio Moroder is way better, in my opinion, and almost everyone's opinion, than the Let's Dance version. Not that that's bad, but this is just way better. Mm-hmm. It starts out really moody and slow for the first... It's like seven minutes long, too. Whoa. It starts out really moody and slow for the first minute and a half or something. And uh, it's actually pretty good. It gets a little too, you know, disquee, of course. Well but, done. But uh, it's a solid <laughs> effort. I give it a 0.5. All right. And finally, Peace on Earth, Little Drummer Boy. Oh. Uh, the version of the single with the dialogue... Where it's you know, like two minutes of dialogue before the song starts. Fantastic. Plus it's, 8,000. Yes. <laughs> oh, so good. That's <laughs> the best. It's, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. <laughs> just picture, you know, oh me and Jake, gosh. what we just did. Picture that, but so much more cloying and obnoxious than what we did because they're not making fun of it. They're not, especially not Bing. It's really they're not. Bowie isn't, though, either. He's, let's be honest with ourselves, he's not doing it ironically. He's it's bad. It. It's really bad. Uh, so that version is, you know, bringing down the the other version. It's just the song. I'm averaging the two of them together to negative 0.5. Okay. Negative 0.5. So you got zero for negative singles all together. Yes, zero for the singles. Yeah. So we had a total <laughs> of two points in 1982. Hey, not too shabby for not, not doing shabby. better than zero, according to my calculations. <laughs> Some might say. <laughs> Although I don't know, sometimes when Bob didn't do anything, that was just better in the '80s. Like it's the <laughs> only true. time in the '80s he didn't do anything, and it's by far his best score. Zero. <laughs> Let is it go, every, Bob. Is, is Bowie's uh, is Bowie in the negative for every year in the '80s? Do you know Bowie or Bob? Sorry, Dylan. Dylan. <sighs> no, not Bowie's got a couple. Ni- 1989. I'm sure he was in the positive. But I almost don't count that as the 80s because it was such a weird anomaly. That's when he put out uh, Oh Mercy and it was good. Yeah. And then he went back to being bad again until well, yeah. Time Out of Mind. So. you got to do that. Well, yeah. If something good happens to you, you got to do the exact opposite of that. <laughs> Bowie didn't start really getting bad until 84. But then he, he kept that train a rolling well into <laughs> that, oh, it's like 92. That train just filled with crap. It's like a crap train. <laughs> he just he was just shifted back just a couple years from Dylan. And it's not even like manure that you can be used for something. It's just it's like unused poop on a train. Raw sewage. <laughs> Raw sewage around on with the nowhere to go. <laughs> and somehow they're trying to sell it to people. <laughs> And people seem to want it. A lot of people bought that raw sewage. I don't know. The new book coming to you never from Bowie and Dylan Press. Raw sewage on a train. The story of the 80s for David Bowie and Bob Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be a bestseller. I can tell. Uh, Hey, this has been like a lean. Yeah. uh, The Loose Short Podcast. Yeah, we got a, we got. I suggest that we. We got an hour. Hour one minute. And while we're ahead. 
Actually, I have 14,000 uh, more uh, years in hair, years in fro to share with years you. Years in fro, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So We'll save them for next episode when we hey. look at 2003. Hey, I, Dylan did stuff in 2003. Hey, so did Bowie. Bowie's got an album in 2003. Not sure it was any good, but we'll find that out, won't we? No spoilers. No s- hey! <laughs> no spoilers. I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. So long. Catch you later. <laughs>